0: Hello, you are listening to Wealthy Women, a show about immigrant women and their stories. I am Anna Torre. And I'm Cecilia Gragnani. Welcome. I'm here with Anna Oborotova. Hi, Anna. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi. Nice to
0: meet you. First of all, could you tell us where you're from originally?
1: I'm Russian, but I came from Estonia. And how was
0: life growing up in Estonia?
1: Well, um, I remember myself uh, living in a huge country, which was Soviet Union and one day is collapsed. So I still remember that time. I'm that old. And obviously life changed immediately and it was quite hard for Russians to stay in there. So um, that's why maybe I decided at some point to come to London, to challenge myself a bit more and maybe to look for better life.
0: Why did you decide to come to the UK?
1: Well, for better life, uh, to make my dreams come true. And yeah, for, for dreams. Tell me a bit more about your dreams. Well, I always wanted to uh, make a living by art. Um, and uh, I think London gives this opportunity. It's a huge place and it's a place of contrasts. And when you come here... This place gives you everything and takes everything. And you have to be strong to uh, remain in here. And I believe, like, if you meet your challenge with, uh, mm, with glory, you will get lots of things back. Um, I had a boyfriend. He was Russian. And uh, I always wanted to come here. So um, we decided to get married and to save some money and come back at some point to Estonia and have a proper wedding. So I came here as a married woman and I came to Scotland and actually I used to work there in a factory, it was a Scottish food factory, which was a bit uh, kind of different work comparing to what I was studying because I was studying art. So it was hard, but uh, I met lots of good people which uh, remain in my life. So I'm, I'm grateful to that place.
0: So you came, did you have a
1: visa? Or did- yes, yes, I was, I had a like spouse visa. Yeah, and we we were together for quite long. Actually, we we split up only maybe a few years ago.
0: And uh, what do you now for a living?
1: Now I'm an art tutor. Uh, I teach art like different ages. Uh, from my youngest student, she's four, and the oldest one, she is 97. Amazing, uh, amazing English lady, which uh, who is who wasn't uh, afraid to take something new to try something new to have some art. And actually her works, they are amazing. And I'm, she's a very inspiring person. Yeah, and I really enjoy my work now. So London gave me this opportunity to express myself.
0: That's amazing. So you're actually doing what? You are using your art in order to pay rent, which is amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. it, it was a hard journey to get this. But yes, now I, I'm happy. And then another day I was looking back on my postcards because before New Year... Uh, I have this thing, like I I, knew, I write down all my wishes and I will check like when the year pass if something like real uh, came true and uh, I checked back like some of my postcards and I seen like all dreams came true so London gave me everything. That's
0: amazing. And what is your immigration status now?
1: Now I'm a resident and I'm planning to apply for, um, for citizens citizenship. But uh, I don't know, with this Brexit, it's a bit kind of uncertain situation. So... But I would like to stay in the UK, so probably I definitely do this, uh, um, apply for uh, re- citizenship.
0: And was it difficult to get, because now you have permanent leave to remain, right? Was it uh, a complicated process to get to that point? Did you ever think, maybe I won't be allowed to stay, maybe I will have to go back?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that was like the story. <laughs> when I came here, so for me, every, for, because I was with my husband, for us, everything was new. And uh, the agency who helped us to, to get that job, and they helped me as well with my visa. So basically, they took our passports and they lost them, and they didn't tell us that they lost them. And they said, like, we send it to home office, so you just need to wait a bit and you will get your visa. So I was waiting for one year like, without knowing anything. But people were saying, yeah, it takes quite long, so don't worry. And after I t- start asking questions, because it's co- it was a so hard situation, at some point I wanted to change job, but I couldn't. Be, I don't have documents. So um, after I discovered that my documents were lost, and it took me, like, lots of money, lots of time uh, to um, do the, my passport, to apply for a new visa. And at some point, like... Uh, Uh, they said, like, I cannot stay here because it's it's a strange situation, how you can prove they lost your passport, so it was very um, scary moments at some point, I had everything here, all my life here, all my dreams and hearing something like that, it was was horrible, I I don't have anything to come back to in Estonia because I, I won't get any job in there and here are all my dreams and my friends my life so it, it was hard moment that sounds awful
0: how did you eventually manage to to get your passport or what what happened
1: after well it's um i met very good people who uh, took me for work without asking me these things they believe in me and they told me wherever you need some help we will support you and you will go through all this because you we know what happened with you. It's not like you came here like cheating or like being cheeky or something. You came here and you were working hard. So at some point, uh, I just um, uh, I got the money I needed to pay this thing uh, for this visa things. And Yes, and slowly, it's just one the moment when my agency called me and said, "Anya, you receive your passport and you go." This I couldn't believe. It. I was crying and was literally shaking. I asked my friend to come with me because I was so afraid to touch my passport. And I thought like maybe they will lose it again, or or maybe I I don't believe to myself. And yeah, it was very very hard situation. And even after after this, I had this fear when I go somewhere, when I'm at the airport my heart starts beating so fast and i i'm almost collapsing when they check in my documents because i feel like maybe maybe they won't let me go or maybe they will, won't let me in after so every time it's stress for me but i think the more i will i travel now because i've been quite in lots of lots of countries now so i'm slowly overcoming my fears and i hope at some point it will leave me at all
0: i think people really don't understand how difficult it is when someone takes away your passport, because you are not free anymore. You're not able to change jobs. You're not able to travel out of the country if there's an emergency. The feeling of someone taking away my passport and me not being able to go anywhere is just overwhelming. It is so terrifying. Where is home for you?
1: Definitely in London, yeah. When when I first time came here after Scotland, I had just 10 pounds with me and my luggage, and I came here to ask an uh, to be an au pair to live with family whom I never met before. My English wasn't great, and I thought if they won't meet me on the station, where I will go. So with ten pounds, and I don't want to ask her, um, to stress my mom to say here in this sit- about the situation where I am. So good that everything was fine and. Uh, I really but something about London when I came here, I felt so safe. I felt it was so cozy, I remember it was May it was a bit rainy, all green, all these squirrels jumping in the parks, at the same time buses, lots of people, and it's like the one and one moment you are in the city centre and in another moment you are in the park with deers and squirrels. This is for me was something like. London combines two universes and it's a contrast. And as an artist, I really like this. And yes, definitely London is my home.
0: So what is the worst thing about living in London?
1: I think it's um, time. Um, I had some situations when I realized that sometimes we are into this routine, like work, home, a tube, bus. And we don't notice things but important for us. Uh, a few years ago, I had my friend, he died from cancer, and he um, I remember his last words. He was saying me, you know, Anna, I was always postponing things. I was thinking, I still have time to do this. And my my family was coming seeing me, but I was always rushing to work because I had this feeling that I have so much time, I can do lots of things. And London. Um, we came here for better life, but sometimes we forget that life it's not about money and work. We don't notice people, we don't notice family sometimes, and this is the scariest part of London. You should really be uh, wise and strong to realize this uh, while you have this uh, possibility, because sometimes one moment and you just diagnosed with something like like cancer, and you was you given like one month to live, and then no time anymore. So yeah, London is time taker, but we need to think of that and think wisely.
0: What is the best thing about living in London?
1: The best is, uh, okay, I was stuck here for, <laughs> for some years without ability to travel, but when you're in London, you don't ha- actually have to travel. You can feel, you can meet there are so many people from different countries. You can experience so many things. You can try this food, that food. And uh, I think like if I stayed in Estonia, I won't meet people from Mexico, people from, I don't know, Italy or Africa or I have international friends. I don't Surprisingly, I don't have Russian friends in here. All my friends here, they, if I want to go somewhere, I just need to pick the country on the globe and I have someone in there who will wait for me and who will host me. So that's the best thing like people from around the world
0: and what do you miss most about estonia
1: Mm, maybe uh, (laughs) when i start to uh, because i'm russian even though i'm from estonia and this uh, when i start to be um, russians we are extremely patriotic and my friends they um, my international friends sometimes it's hard for them to understand this because they say they say but you are here so forget about that country you are here but when you hear some music or you see some uh, old movie and you have this or you hear the poetry russian poetry or you see someone ra- reading a book on the tube like dostoevsky and something clicks inside inside you and you remember that where you belong and you miss this um, this spirit and like because no one will understand uh, you as the person from your country. It's, it's some roots, and we have to remember about roots. And yeah, that's the hardest part, maybe, that I don't have this feeling of Russia in here. But I can go to Russia and have it there. So everything for something.
0: And what do you miss less?
1: This feeling of uh, not stability, but uh, when you can predict everything. The routine. routine. Yeah, the routine, exactly. Uh, This, for some people, it's something that gives uh, uh, the feeling of like you're protected and you are fine and everything is guaranteed. But for me, it's the most boring thing and I don't miss it at all. I like that in London, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow.
0: And have you ever ever been discriminated against because of how you look or because of your accent?
1: I think um, people uh, see you the way you allow them to see you. When I came here, when I took the course, English course, uh, because I wanted to obviously improve my language, and I, the first thing I told to my teacher, I want to get rid of my accent because everyone realized I'm Russian. And my teacher told me, Anna, your accent is amazing, and that makes you different. And actually, I think, no, i never been discriminated. People, they... Um, they like to know me more, and I think it's not about accent from where where I from. It's about your personality. If you uh, if you mm, if you show yourself from from best side with, with if you with open heart uh, with people, so they will always love it, and they won't look from where you came from.
0: I'm so happy to hear you've never been discriminated against. What are your hopes for the future?
1: <laughs> my hopes. Uh, I really want to have my art school somewhere in center of london because it's the place my students they can easily approach they are everywhere but the center is something like it's easy for them to come and it's a bit crazy maybe sound because maybe it's it's cost a lot i know but i believe like dream crazy and then it will it will come true so my art school <laughs>
2: So this is Giulio Romano Malaisi with us. He's a fantastic guitarist, and he specializes in what genres?
3: Um, jazz, swing, blues, gypsy swing, and uh, that is it. Yeah.
2: A background in rock, if I remember correctly.
3: Started started off with blues and um, got into rock in my younger days. Long hair, rock and roll, a lot of that.
2: Um. So where are you from, Giulio?
3: I'm from Italy, i from um, a place called Civitanova Marche, which is a, uh, just a very small uh, city in the uh, east, uh, central east part of Italy, on the coast, pretty, very pretty place, and uh, I grew up there and I moved to London uh, back in 2011, so seven years ago-ish.
2: Why did you leave Italy?
3: Um... Uh, Because I was uh, young and ready for an adventure with, uh, uh, yeah, really no clue of what I wanted to do. All I wanted to do was playing, I guess, and, um, you know, pursuing a career, but again, didn't really have a plan on how to make this happen. So uh, as soon as I was 18, I just decided to leave. And mom and dad were not exactly too happy about it at the very beginning, but you know, I thought let's give it a go. Although I first came to London uh, for a holiday back in uh, 2010 with a few mates, and I uh, and that was the main reason that pushed me to move over here because I I could see a lot of live music going on, I could see a lot of a lot of musicians everywhere playing in the streets, playing in the venues, lots of jazz clubs, lots of everything when it comes down to art and music so I thought let's give it a go and uh, and here I am seven years after.
2: How was it at the beginning moving to a different country?
3: Tough man it was tough I mean like uh you definitely realize that uh it's not your home right away and that you have to adapt and that you I mean personally when I first came to to London I, I couldn't speak much English either and um, so obviously I had to stick to uh, Italian mates uh, wherever I could find some and eventually I managed to learn a little bit one of the first persons I met along the way that I started to work with was from Liverpool so uh, you know I, I sort of like learned a little bit along the way and then I, I met another friend who's Canadian. Still one of my best friends nowadays. And you know, but yeah, it was tough. It was tough for in every possible way you can imagine. And now it's fine though. I quite enjoy it.
2: Um. So um, where is home for you?
3: Home is where I was born and where I grew up. And um, I guess that it's kind of like something that it's not going to change for me, but, you know, uh, it's personal, really. It's just a personal thing, like all my memories, all my inspiration. My first inspiration as a musician was there, and therefore that's where home is for me.
2: Would you like to play us something that relates uh, to home?
3: Yes, I I can play a tune uh, from my record uh, called Maratea, which reminds me of when I... Drove down to the south of Italy with a few very good friends and played for uh, the wedding of a very good friend of mine. And that wedding was happening in Maratea, which gives the title to the to the tune I'm playing.
2: Thank you very much. That was uh, Giulio Romano Malaisi playing his original song, Maratea. You recorded it in London?
3: I did. Recorded in, uh, uh, that was uh, Cancel Rise, uh, the studio. I think the studio is still there, East Coast Studios. Even Adele and Mumford & Son and all these, uh, um, you know, big names I've recorded there. So it was quiet. Uh, quite emotional for me, you know what I mean. Like my first record in such a nice studio. It was nice.
2: You've played many different venues. You've recorded your first album here. Do you think you could have had the same career in Italy?
3: Wow, that's a tough one. Um, I don't think so. But uh, you know, I think I think I would I would have still been a. Uh, full-time musician but i don't think i would have had the same opportunities uh, that i that i'm having here i mean like I, I i think you know i could still probably make a living i could still probably just have my i guess regular work whatever but i doubt it would be as fun and as exciting and as uh, you know uh, as good as is as here you know
2: so let's say all that would be possible in Italy, would you go back?
3: Well, I would consider, although it's been a while since I, since I moved here and I, I kind of, you know, got used to the way things work and the mentality and stuff.
2: About that, um, what do you like about living here?
3: What do I like about living here? Uh, well, obviously the, the music scene. I really, really like the music scene. I like... The fact that London is never boring, never boring. Like you, on every night of the week, of the month, of the year, you always find something to do if you want. I like the fact that it keeps you active because life is busy no matter what. And uh, I like the fact that you got uh, food from all over the world, everywhere. And for a foodie like me, that's that's quite a good thing.
2: Italians seem to be one of the communities that is mostly attached uh, to food. So whenever we migrate, food becomes one of the priorities. Why do you think that is?
3: Well, for one, because we have amazing food and, uh, and because it, it, it's just incredible. And um, I don't know, I have the feeling that Italians in general uh, have the tendency to adapt to everything. But when it comes down to food, they always sort of, like, struggle. Uh, you know, I've seen Italian people working and going basically anywhere in the world and adapting to any possible situation when it comes down to weather, when it comes down to work, when it comes down to people. But not about food. No, I, 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 just, I just, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to give a scientific explanation on that, but it's just the way it is. It's, 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 we can not help it you know, I can't help it.
2: What is your relationship with the the community here or is your community very international?
3: Uh, it's pretty various. Um, I have friends from all over the place. Um, I do have my my um, Italian, you know, community kind of thing, you know, because I, I do live with a few Italians as well in my house and, you know, Obviously, you tend to stick to you know the people from your from your country a little bit, you know also because being abroad you don't get to see them as much. so obviously when you see them, you're more likely to sort of like stick to them. but at the same time, I do enjoy uh, you know people from basically everywhere. you know I like to I like to see different points of view. I like to uh, to explore to see what they think about life, to see what they think about the world, everything, you know, I I like to keep it various as much as I can.
2: Do you feel like a local or do you feel like a foreigner here in London? (sighs)
3: Um, Well, two years ago, I was more of a local. Now, I guess, uh, I guess I feel so and so. I do feel like a local still. I do feel like I have been embracing this lifestyle, which was very tough to embrace the first few years, but now it feels more... Uh, right up my street. Um, Obviously, with the current situation right now, I feel a bit so-and-so. I'm still a bit shocked by what happened uh, with Brexit. I don't want to get too much into politics on this, but obviously, I I guess it does deserve a little bit of a mention anyways. And uh, it's going to affect the lives of, well, not only Italians, I mean, like people from anywhere in Europe, but it will affect our lives and I think that mostly will affect the way people think of other people as well, you know, because, you know, it almost feels like now um, people trust each other less after this in a way, you know, uh, but, you know, anyways, you know, still, I still feel good around here.
2: Could you play us something that you composed in London or that feels like a connection to this new home?
3: Yes, yes I can, Uh, absolutely. Um.
2: beautiful. Tell us a little bit about this song.
3: It's called the Night Falling Song. Night Falling Song. Just, uh, I kind of started working on this while I was playing somewhere in, uh, in the North of England. I can't quite remember where. And, uh, yeah, but this, I mean, we're talking about at least six years ago and, uh, So yeah, I mean, the first draft, like rough idea of it was back then. And then I kept on working on it over the years.
2: Um, this song is part of your album as well, and all the details are available for the listeners on our website. I have a last question for you. It's to test how British you have become in these uh, five years. More than five years? Seven
3: years, seven years.
2: In times of necessity, it is acceptable in the UK to jump ahead of others in a queue without asking permission first. True or False.
3: False is that it that was easy i said it was easy but it's quite crucial i think it's quite crucial it is
2: thank you very much julia for sharing your story and your music uh, with us details about julia's music are available on our website take care well thank you very much for tuning in if you want to get in touch tweet us at worldly underscore women we would love to hear your comments